All right, we are live episode 14. We got here, we've got Adolfo Santana, Beyond Foods, I know it. I also know Max Bauman, Bass Makers, but we'll get into that in a little bit. We start with you, Adolfo. Let's talk Beyond Foods. Tell, sure. us a little, tell us a little bit about it. Uh, how did you get it started? What are your core uh, products? Who are they for? Give us a little story. Yeah, so uh, we created four years ago Beyond the Foods. Basically, our main concept is create solution to improve people's life through our products. And basically what we did is that we created our core businesses, soups right now, that helps you to improve your life through weight loss, improving your uh, people. There's a lot of people that suffer from Hy uh, hypertension, for example. So we improved that as well. Actually, we're gonna be launching some products to help you with anxiety and chronic pains to relieve the pain. So basically our idea is to develop products that are unique and not just that they taste good, but also help you to live a better life. So we are very happy on that because uh, even though we're satisfying uh, the consumer in terms of bringing healthy foods, the food has a functional behind it functionality behind it to help you with some of the biggest situations that we're seeing in the market right now, other than the problem with weight, but also with the psychological part of the body, anxiety, all this stuff. So we're focused on that. The idea is to develop products that are kind of mainstream, like soups, for example, but with that specific uh, uniqueness. Um, we are a Caribbean, and this I think, Mark, this is the first time you have somebody from the Caribbean in your, in your videos. Well, we're a Caribbean-based uh, uh, business. And the funny thing is that what we're trying to do is that, uh, I mean, when you think about Hispanic food, you think about tacos, burrito, you know, Tex-Mex food, uh, but there's so much offering out there that people don't know. Like, for example, two years ago, everybody kind of discovered coconut water and uh, I mean, and that's been a staple in many countries for many, many years. So we're trying to bring new flavors from the Caribbean. Uh, we use a lot of root veggies like plantain, jam, cassava, you know, uh, and try to incorporate that in a platform that is not only, not only appeals to the Hispanic people, but to the, to the mainstream as well. And that's kind of the main challenge that we have right now is how to make it appeal to the main uh, to the main market, not only to Hispanics. Let me give you a few fire fire questions. Um, number one, what year did you start? 2015. 2015. Uh, you talk soups. Did you start with soups? Yeah, we started with soup. We started okay. with frozen soup. Frozen now we are moving to dehydrated uh, soups. Okay. And as far as the main or core ingredients, you touched on a few and they're uh, Caribbean sort of themed, right? Uh, in terms of, of where they're found, um, yeah. what are uh, what are they again? Give it to give us to us one more time. Well, we get. I mean, we work with plantain, pumpkin, cassava, jam, taro root. Uh, I mean, breadfruit. I mean, it's a bunch of. Uh, we also use kind of a core vegetable like carrot, green beans. You know, it's a blend of of all those vegetables because they have a lot of benefits uh, all together that can help you with the different situations that you have or 
conditions, uh, specific conditions. So we work with that with the specific plants depending on the condition of the person that we want. And to so, so I'm assuming there's fiber. There's there's fiber in in most of the soup offerings. There's there's not so much fiber. There's fiber, but not a lot. We we just we don't make the claim that it will help you with a high percentage fiber, but the combination per se will help you with different uh, different conditions. We are completely vegan, low carb, no sugar, uh, gluten free. So I mean, we cannot appeal to everybody that specifically. Got it. And now, are you based in the Caribbean? Are you there right now? Yeah, I'm based here in San Juan, Puerto Rico, actually. Okay, cool. Yeah. And is the uh, you co-pack, uh, so anybody who understands the meaning, you use a facility that's going to uh, put the products together for you? Correct. We co-pack. I think that's the, when you start, that's the best model. I mean, we were testing this concept, so we didn't know if it was uh, uh, real to get into that investment to be. So we decided to move into co-pack. It's doing pretty well. I don't know in the future we're going to remain with co-pack. We're going to have our own uh, system, but for now, I mean, it works perfectly. Got it. And then we have our network of distributors as well. Okay, and now let's talk about offerings and how you would offer a product like soups. Because um, if somebody's watching this, they're thinking either is it in a bowl, is it in a single serve, is it in a can, as you'd find on a grocery aisle, you know, use a can opener. Uh, get, how are the offerings uh, right now? So the offering is focused on convenience and ready to eat. So uh, our product comes in cups. So they're ready to eat just in the case of the dehydrated, add water, put in the microwave, done. Just one minute and 45 seconds, that's it. In the part of the frozen one, comes in a frozen cup as well, ready to eat, BPA free, put in the microwave for four minutes and done. So we are giving that convenience. You don't have to do anything with the frozen, just the dehydrated, add water and that's it. So you can carry on, have the portability as well, the convenience of having a good lunch or good dinner. Uh, with you and then you can uh, combine with any protein if you like like chicken meat etc so we keep to the consumer that uh, alternative as well very cool and as far as distribution because yeah. you are you're in puerto rico uh yeah. correct um and so your products are, are are basically sitting there and then from distribution points just so people can understand that are you bringing any here uh into uh the states um, and, and if so, give us sort of how that works, how that operates, how that affects your business. Kind of teach somebody, just in short, what it looks like to distribute. I'm also assuming you're, you're definitely doing it in the mainland there, correct? Um, yeah. You've got distribution right there on the street yeah. there. Uh, and, and then tell us, do you have it anywhere else? And if so, where? All right. So we are based in, we're, uh, our core business is in the Caribbean. So we are around 700 points of sales right now throughout the Caribbean, including Puerto Rico. We are in main retailers like Walmart, Walgreens, for example. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it is a great opportunity to showcase your product for the offices or the businesses in the mainland. The thing is that it's not that easy because even though we have a Walmart in Puerto Rico, for example, it doesn't mean that it's going to get into Walmart USA. There are kind of separate, separate businesses. So if I want to be in Walmart USA, I got to go to Bentonville, present the product. And that's the easy part. The difficult part, we are not in the mainland, just to give you an idea, we are not in US mainland right now. We sell online, but not physically, because the problem is that uh, it's distribution. Now, when you go to these distributors, they want products that are, are and it's kind of funny, they want products that sells, sells a lot, like rice, meat, all that easy stuff to sell. 
So when you're building new categories like this is, a new category, a new brand, distributors are not that patient. I mean, they want, they want your brand once it is, I mean, humongous, that they can move a lot of volume on that. So when you look at that, there's a very few distributors that have the capacity to go to these specific retailers, service those retailers, and, uh, and build a brand with you. They're very, very few. So what we're doing is that uh, there's still a lot of opportunities down here to build a brand. I think that we need to divide and conquer, focus our resources as a startup, focus the resources on building the brand in the Caribbean region. Once we believe that we have a big, uh, I mean, we have achieved the, the, the objective that we have in mind, then we can move resources and invest and do it rightly in the in US mainland because it takes a lot of money. It takes, I mean, from slotting allowance, building brand, and the retailers are not patient. I mean, they think that, uh, and this is my experience, if they approve the product, they want it to be selling like a Coca-Cola for in the first two weeks. I mean, so you have to be in a hurry just to ensure that the, the, there's a rotation of the product, you know? So you have to invest a lot. So we don't want to crash and burn. We just want to make sure that we do it correctly. So we're going to build a brand here down here first and then we move into the ladder to the mainland and that's very cool yeah part part of the theme at least from these last few shows that we talk about and i just did a post on it about you needing money uh everybody you need money and food and beverage um and you know there's this other side of the the coin where you can be fair to the statement about if you want to grow slow you know, you want to grow regionally, which I'm also a big fan on. If somebody were to, to ask me how to, how to get something off the ground, just go into your independents that are local to you. You don't need a team. You just do it, you know, be a one-man show for a while and go prove out your product, right? Go prove out some sales. You don't need to spend a ton there. Um, and then once you have proven that, you kind of want to duplicate the process. So the, the thing is, yes, you can grow slow and not need as much money to do so. Could even probably turn a profit if you stay super lean. But the reality is, in this business, if you want to then scale, you need money. And you need to compete and you need to pay and there's slotting and things of that nature. Again, I, I'm fair to it. I never actually, people who, who have this thing, oh, because you have to pay this and the distributors, I, that's just fair game. I mean, that's the business, right? There, there's nothing wrong with, with that's their business and they're doing a good service for you. Um, the same way that, the, you know, Max offers a service and anybody else. So the reality is as long as you have your numbers in check, uh, there is a way to play this game and, and, and be, be mindful of it, but you do need money. So going back to it, um, I like that you um, are talking a little bit about uh, your, the connection of distributors. Would you say that part of it also though is due to what the situation is? Of course, we, we have to be talking about uh, COVID at least from March until now. And again, being optimistic that it's starting to open up a little bit, but are, are you also kind of holding the reins a little bit in terms of pushing on the, 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 the growth and distribution at least right this second? Well, actually, no, actually this, believe it or not, this situation helped us to open the door and we have uh, some big retailers that uh, contacted us in the States because for some reason they got notice out of our product. Uh, you have to remember something about the Caribbean and this is interesting is that a, this is a, it, we have the situation right now with COVID-19, but we just began the hurricane season. 
-hmm. Now the hurricane season is a season that products like mine becomes kind of a staple because people are starting building up inventory for which it seems this year is going to be a very active one. So what they're doing is that somehow they got the attention on the buildup of specific products that are going to be important during the hurricane. Ours is one. So I got some information about retailers specifically in the Florida area, which are preparing as well in the situation. So it's helping us that specifically to uh, get our product negotiated. We're in the process of negotiation. I don't know where it's going to end, uh, but uh, it's helping us to have that visibility and opportunity to reach there and uh, try the market, try the market. I mean, I like online it. we're doing well, but we we need to be also being in brick and mortar. So I like that. I like that. It. Um, I love having uh, the 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 optimism thrown into the show. It, we we end that way anyway because I I, I try to keep everything uh, light and, and with the with go get a mentality right. Um, but you also bring up a good point, and and, and listeners who who may see this, you know, there's regions in the market that are are often affected every year. And, and it's, it's not necessarily missed. See, I'm in Northern California, right? You know, somebody go, oh, you have an earthquake. No, we have an earthquake like every, you know, whatever, however many years, right? But there are regions that have hurricanes, um, you know, floods, storms. I mean, that where, where the community, a whole community is used to it and they um, prepare, right? It wasn't until COVID that it was a it was a global um, epidemic, right? Where people were were almost um, it, it was new to them. It was foreign, right? And so I, it's an interesting take. It's just a first take like that, and I I hope that people find it um, you know find it useful. I mean, there you definitely get a different sense, and you start thinking a little bit differently. Like, oh, okay, you know, that's a that's a definitely a new way to look at, at things. Definitely, definitely. I mean, and uh, products like yours as well. I mean, during this season, this this six five month season, I mean, our products have a high visibility. And it's a high, uh, it's a big opportunity because people want to take care of themselves as well. Having product loading about products that will be helpful for their health during that specific period. So, that that's that's a big opportunity for us. Very nice. All right. Well, uh, let's do this last question for you. Uh, Twelve months from now. That's how I like to close it out. Uh, let's assume anyway, because it is reality, um, even though again, we're starting to see here, especially uh, here, I know other states are even, um, are even more open, uh, but we're starting to open up. We're in like phase two over here in California. Um, if we start opening up even more and moving towards um, sort of a, um, uh, a softening with COVID over the next 30, 60, 90 days, where do you see Vionde Foods in 12 months from now. Where are you distribution-wise? How do you look as a company, your offerings? Give it to us. Yeah, so actually our plan is we're going to get into two new categories. Uh, in 12 months, we're going to launch two new, new categories. Actually, one of those is going to be in two months. Believe it or not, we're going to get into the cannabis, cannabis business with a brand. And it's kind of cannabis. A, yeah. Cannabis, okay. We're gonna get that in two months. Actually, we're gonna be launching a new platform under, the, under our brand uh, for ready-to-eat meals. On that, with CBD and THC, and we're very excited. We're seeing a big trend on that. So that's one of the categories that we're betting on. And the second one is we are moving towards uh, more protein focus on the 
uh, soup business as well. It's something brand new here, and I think there's a big potential, you may know. Uh, so I think that people are going to keep on, after this pandemic, moving to more he healthy products. I think healthy products are gonna get more visibility after this situation. So we're gonna focus on continue building up on that. Uh, and uh, I think that we probably gonna be at least in one uh, big retailer in 12 months in US mainland. Uh, that's our core focus. Probably, I'm gonna say the name, probably is going to be Walmart. Walmart has been a great partner to us. Uh, we are in big conversation with them. So hopefully we're gonna be doing our initial test with them. Uh, in the state. So that's our main focus for the next 12 months. Very cool. Uh, congratulations on everything. Uh, I Thank like uh, the focus. Um, interesting where you're going to sort of uh, move, move the product line. Um, that's a whole, we could do that on a separate episode. Uh, talk about that. It'll maybe we'll do a follow up. See what see what happened with that. Where where it's at. But but good stuff and congratulations there. Thank you. Uh, we are transitioning. Big Max Bauman. Base makers, uh, I do know who they are. I want organics uses base makers. We are a partner with base makers. We love base makers, but that is not the reason he's on the show. He's on the show because he wants to talk about it a little bit, just like everybody else gets to do uh, at the end of the show. Uh, Max, give it to us. What's up, Mark? Thanks for having me on, Adolfo. Awesome job. Congrats with the soup business. I, I really like the idea for like a low net carb protein based soup. So that was cool to hear your story and just sit back and listen. Awesome. Thank you. Great job with, with doing these things. I've been seeing them all over LinkedIn. So you're doing something right. Um, base makers. First I started on the brand side and I realized what is the most important thing that can move the needle. And it's being seen when you walk into the store. If you're not seen, you're not sold. So I started this concept in 2015 little over five years ago. And the idea was a, a cost per stop model where you can pay just for the stop. And from that, you can significantly scale your business. And we got this idea because my first brand that I started just chill, the, the only thing that we saw really moved the needle was getting bigger displays and getting off shelf and making for sure we were available. So we started hiring all these different area sales managers. And then, you know, of course, you guys know how expensive it can be. It's not just the, the salary that you're paying them. It's the payroll tax. It's the uh, meals and entertainment. It's the health insurance. It's the car allowance. All of a sudden that adds up and you're going, wow, as a small brand, this is really expensive. So if you can almost divide that with non-competing brands, that cost, and have a good quality service where you can scale your business, that's what we all want. And, and that's why today we've, we've worked with over 125 brands in uh, about seven different regions of the country and have about 50 full-time people. So it's been an awesome journey. Uh, you, you know, and usually I kind of let it go from there, but, but it's, again, this is a great one in, in terms of a service related. Um, and it's, it's helpful for those that are in food and beverage to understand. There's a point being made about um, how you're seen, where you're seen, how much you're seen within a store. Uh, it is so important it took me a long time to to figure that out unless you're you know unless you are a well-known global uh you know brand that's been around and the customer is coming in to get you right very rarely does that happen especially for emerging brands you have to be visible you have to be you know on the shelf at eye level or off shelf you know in an in-store in display 
um, and get those opportunities. Uh, give it to us one more time, just that piece of the, of the business uh, and why it's so important and how uh, Base Makers helps uh, brands deliver on that. The ultimate, in two words, it's sales velocity. Sales velocity. If you look at any investor in the business, any brand in the business, if you're going to get acquired by strategic, the first thing they're going to look at is how many units you're moving per store, not how many stores you're in. So they would rather partner up with a $5 million business that has 200 accounts than a $10 million business that has 10,000 accounts because they know, okay, scale, there's a bigger consumer demand. So if you can create that velocity and create that demand, then it shows that your, your brand has a lot of promise. So to do that, three big things to focus on. Availability, you wouldn't believe how, how broken the distribution system is in this game, it's crazy. Um, visibility, obviously expanding, getting off shelf, getting in, in impulse aisles. There's only 25% of people that walk down just the chip aisle alone. 25% of the people, how do you get to the other 75% of the people? You've gotta get out of that aisle, you've gotta be seen. So those are the two components. The last third piece of the puzzle is relationships with the grocery store personnel. Because who do you think stocks the shelf? When we're not there, when the brand partners aren't there, it's them, they're working day in, day out right now, they're, they're frontline heroes. And I, you know, my hats are off to them. But if when we're introducing the brand to them, talking with them, building that relationship, giving some free bags and free coupons here and there, then they're really going to develop an affinity and they'll think of that because they're managing thousands of SKUs. They'll think of that and, and reorder a little bit more. You'll get less out of stocks, more sales because of it. Such good stuff. A lot of value in there, right? You just got to listen to that one again. Uh, if you want to get into the food and beverage business, uh, where you're at in the store is important. Adolfo, Max, I appreciate having both of you on. Uh, and you know, I wish you nothing but success. I will talk to you soon. Thank Thanks you. Much.